0: The B2B sales world is in turmoil. Quota attainment is down. Revenue growth is slowed. Turnover is up. All of this is in the face of ever-increasing pressure to perform. Is it a surprise that the average sales leader stays in place for only 12 to 18 months? That's barely enough time to start executing the strategy. These problems are fixable and we are going to serve the sales leadership community with this show. I'm Lucas Price. I've launched and exited B2B startups and built elite sales organizations. Now I want to give back by bringing you this podcast, Building Elite Sales Teams. It will be full of actionable best practices to help you excel as a sales leader. We're going to burn the churn. Let's get back to winning. Building
1: Elite Sales Teams is on. When you're hiring sales reps, especially if you're an early stage startup, you can't get wrapped up in the outward presentation or the dazzling resume or the ability for that person that you're interviewing to really chat your ear off. You have to be really skilled at reading between the lines of what you're hearing and spotting the warning signs before it's too late. There are a number of red flags that you need to steer away from in those early stages of being a B2B startup. If you fail to avoid these red flags, that can spell some pretty costly mistakes and a bleak future for your organization. So what are the red flags that you should be keeping an eye out for and how can you avoid them in the interview process when you're looking to bring on and build out your sales team? One of the first things that I look at is preparation. In the interview process, it's unfair to expect that every candidate is going to know all the ins and outs of your organization uh, at the same level as you do. But on the flip side, you should, it's reasonable to expect a fair amount of preparation and knowledge about what you do. If you have a candidate who shows up knowing nothing about your company, your product, your competitors, the industry, that's a big red flag. One of the things that I commonly look at when I've built sales teams is the level of intellectual curiosity that each rep has, and that will show up in an interview. A really good way to uncover the level of preparation that they've devoted to this particular interview is just simply ask them what they know and leave it open-ended. And that will give you a quick read on what level of preparation they've put in coming into this interview setting. And believe it or not, the level of preparation they put in for the interview with you is indicative of the level of preparation that they would put in to an external facing client. So if they're coming to you looking for a job unprepared, what are they going to do when you put them in a client facing situation? And red flag to watch out for is to pay attention to candidates who can't or won't talk about their past performance. and. Positive or negative, what you're looking for in this is not only the ability to discuss what those results were, but ownership. It's easy to talk about where you did well, but it's a lot more challenging, especially in an interview, to talk about what you did poorly. And I would almost make the argument that you really want to tap into the failure, failures that particular rep had, and really dig into what were the reasons for that failure. And pay attention to the answer. Are they owning what they did or is it more skewed towards there, all these external factors that were out of my control? So what you're looking for are a couple of things. You're looking for transparency, obviously, but another thing that you're looking for is the ability to own the results, good or bad, because that's going to be indicative of how they engage or interact in your environment. When something goes wrong or something isn't to your expectations, do they own their job? Do they own their desk? Now we all know, and at this point, it's almost a cliche that there's an expectation that sales reps have an appropriate level of money motivation. So what's the line on that? And that's tricky to figure out. One of the things you should have an eye towards is if, the candidate that you're interviewing is purely focused on compensation and doesn't really spend a lot of time talking about mission and vision and opportunity alignment, that will give you an indication of someone who is a short-term player. And a good way to uncover their motivations is to talk through the previous job history. Why did they join sales? Why did they leave move from company X to Company Y? And if the answer is start becoming consistent, then it should give you some pause. A good candidate is not only going to be money motivated, but when they're making career decisions on company A or company B, there should be a push pull factor that they talk about. And this ties into the ownership component as well. And if they're only mentioning move for the money, move for the money throughout the process, that'll give you an indication of what the shelf life is for that candidate. This has come up before, but when you're interviewing for people on your team, especially if you're a startup or accelerating growth organization, you have to hire team players. And everybody wants to talk about, I want a hunter. I want a, a superstar. I want a rock star. That's all great. That isn't mutually exclusive from being a team player. What you're really looking for are those candidates who do their own thing. And don't demonstrate coachability. Don't demonstrate good listing skills. Those are the types of candidates that you want to avoid because they're going to wreck your internal dynamics and they're also going to wreck your customer reputation. So be careful with hiring candidates who are in it purely for themselves and, and aren't really wired to be in a highly collaborative environment where there's a lot of different responsibilities that they have to bring to the table. This isn't a comprehensive list but it gives you a framework for operating within and some of the big red flags that you should be paying attention to. Obviously, one of the more obvious red flags you should be looking for is somebody who is ill equipped to handle rejection. That's all of sales. And if you're in the interview process and, and look for opportunities to challenge a course of action and see how they respond. If they can't handle a pointed question or get defensive, they're likely to struggle in a less friendly environment when they're trying to close a deal. And this is another area where you want to get really tactical and really granular about how they dealt with rejection in the job. And you might want to throw out something as innocuous as a client wants a demo. Your sales engineer isn't available on that day. How do you handle the situation? And that's going to give you some insight to follow up on. It's going to give you visibility into their level of resilience. Hiring is tricky. Sales hiring is even more tricky because you have people that are well-equipped to present well in a client-facing environment. So being able to pick out the real wiring of a candidate that's sitting, out from, is sitting across from you is going to be critical. It's a discipline that you're going to need to build And it's a discipline that you're gonna need to be systematized around. You can't just wing this. One of the most common ways that sales leaders flame out in their roles at early stage or accelerating growth startups is by making the wrong hire or not seeing the warning signs or red flags of a potential bad hire. These are just a handful of ways that you can avoid those red flags and make better hiring decisions And ultimately the more standardized you are in your process, the better your hiring outcomes will be.
0: Thanks for joining us today on building elite sales teams. Please remember to give us a five-star review. And if you want more information about yardstick, you can find us at www.yardstick.team. You can follow me or connect with me on LinkedIn by searching for Lucas Price.